All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. What's up, everybody? It's a Wednesday, December 15th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show, streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com, Twitter, as well as YouTube. He is Mike McKenna, former NHL goaltender, Daily Faceoff analyst. Mike, what's up? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Yourself, Frank? Things have been pretty busy in your world these last couple of days, haven't they? Yeah, it's it's actually been, I was thinking about this yesterday, a busy season for everyone, not just with the COVID stuff going on, but all these management and coaching changes, mm-hmm. COVID protocols, uh, you name it, uh, a few scandals to mix in. It's been a very newsy first few months of the season. We've got plenty to talk about today. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's dig in with the COVID pro- we're actually, protocol. We're actually gonna flip the script a little bit. Mike, you're gonna be teeing me up and asking me questions today. Oh, it's my time to shine. I can't wait, Frank. Let's go right after it here. Some big news out of Calgary this morning. It is not good for the Calgary Flames. Today, 17 more people were added to the COVID-19 protocol list. I mean, Frank, this is getting pretty serious around the league. It's not just the Flames. It's all across. I mean, Brad Marchant goes on, Patrice Bergeron amongst the Bruins. What's the latest on the COVID front in the NHL? Yeah, uh, you you hit it right on the head. There is a lot going on. 17 new people on the COVID protocol list for the Calgary Flames today. That brings the total to 16 Flames players that have tested positive in the last 72 hours, three coaches and eight members of their support staff. The Calgary Flames, uh, anecdotally, we know from the Vancouver Canucks and what they went through last year, 
it's going to be a while before we see that team on the ice again. We're talking probably potentially two weeks uh, before we see Calgary playing again. That, you know, do they end up playing again in the 2021 calendar year? Not certain of that. Uh, that's certainly up in the air at the moment. But you hit on some of the other teams. The Carolina Hurricanes have some of their best players uh, stuck in Vancouver from their outbreak. You've got uh, the Nashville Predators, which haven't even really been reported on yet. Uh, outside of, of what I've sent out on Twitter, I'm told that there's multiple positive tests from their players as well as their coaching staff as well. I think they're scrambling to get bodies there from Milwaukee so that they can play their game against the Colorado Avalanche on Thursday. There's lots of different things going on at the moment also at the NHL level as well. They, it was actually perfectly timed, Mike, this meeting that was supposed to take place between the NHL and the NHL Players Association. The COVID protocols were up for review again. Uh, you know, just so happens to be December 15th was the date. Uh, expect the NHL and the NHLPA to announce some enhanced protocols that come as a result of all of these positive tests that have been spreading around the league like wildfire. Think um, more daily testing. Uh, what the players have been subject to when there's not positive tests around are just one test every 72 hours. So expect the NHL players to go back to daily testing as well as mandatory mask wearing. Now, it's different in a lot of these jurisdictions. It's been different in terms of how it's been enforced. But that is certainly something uh, that the NHL and the PA are going to be pointing towards. And just real quickly, any chance we see the league shut down or go on pause? I don't think so. I think there's too many teams at this point that are healthy, um, that don't have major outbreak concerns, and I think the league wants to try and play as many of those games as possible. Why create more of a headache for yourself on the schedule front if you don't need to? Okay. Well, let's keep it in Canada for a little bit. Talked about the Flames. Let's head over to Vancouver, where new Canucks president Jim Rutherford has plenty of choices for his next general manager. And what I think is interesting, he's put him into two categories. He's got former GMs, and assistant GMs. And that's largely the pool that he's going to be choosing from, it seems like. And, you know, he's talked about maybe wanting to have somebody in that he could mentor, uh, but he's going to have to make the decision there. But specifically relating to the assistant general manager front for Jim Rutherford, what are you hearing on it, Frank? Is there anybody with an inside track? Yes. Uh, it seems that one of Jim Rutherford's former employees and staffers, Derek Clancy, has emerged as the favorite or the front runner to be the new Vancouver Canucks assistant general manager. You can take a look at Derek Clancy's resume here. He actually predated Jim Rutherford in Pittsburgh, worked for Ray Shero there, uh, was the director of pro scouting for Jim Rutherford for 10 seasons there before becoming and being promoted to the director of player personnel. He ends up uh, leaving the organization shortly after Jim Rutherford resigns and caught on this season with the Calgary Flames. Obviously, the Flames and the Canucks are actually both dealing with uh, some, some COVID-19 issues at the moment. So this is a little bit on the side burner, uh, but I'd expect that these two organizations will be in contact in short order to discuss Derek Clancy's status. Uh, Well-respected pro scout around the league. Uh, certainly a Jim Rutherford confidant as well. And, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, as much as the Canucks want to probably take their time here and and do this, 
you know, with the process that it requires, they also need some bodies in there to do the work because you think about mm -hmm. all the people that have left the organization in the last couple of weeks with the changeover, uh, they need bodies. They need people in there that Jim Rutherford can rely on. And certainly Derek Clancy comes to the top of the list in terms of an assistant GM candidate. We'll see where the Canucks go on the GM front and what Jim Rutherford begins to uh, look at and talk to from around the league. Yeah, and for Jim Rutherford, you think about this as somebody who has been a general manager for a long time and now in a president role, it gives him that opportunity to have people below him to work with him. But you can sense he doesn't want the day-to-day -day title of being the GM. He'll do it on the interim basis, Frank, but he's got to short this out in a pretty timely manner, I would have to imagine. We'll see some of those positions filled maybe as soon as the end of the week, but definitely the next couple. Let's head over to Chicago talking about front offices. Okay, this is a team that was rocked by the Kyle Beach sexual assault scandal uh, just over a month and a half ago. Stan Bowman steps aside. Al McIsaac's relieved of his duties on down the list. And been hearing some things in Chicago that are really interesting, maybe thinking outside the box. And as you know, Frank, as a former player like myself, that really makes people in hockey nervous, thinking maybe we're not just going to go with strictly hockey people that have been in the game forever. Boy, we can go outside the box. What do you think? What are you hearing, Frank? Is this going to happen in Chicago? Are they going to break the mold and do some different things, or at least at the very minimum, try to take that into consideration before they go forward in naming a new general manager, and who may that be, and all the rest of the supporting staff in the front office? Yeah, I don't think anyone in the hockey world, Mike, needs to be nervous, but in this case, I think the Chicago Blackhawks are certainly willing to consider every possibility that exists out there. So what I can tell you is this. There's a twofold process that's underway with the Blackhawks, led by their owner in Danny Wirtz and assisted, of course, by their president in Jamie Faulkner. And it starts with Mike Ford. He's a guy that actually is well-known in other major professional sports, but the Chicago Blackhawks have hired him of Sportsology. He's been called the NBA kingmaker, someone that has come in uh, and really placed a lot of high-profile executives in different spots. And so Mike, is, Mike Ford is going to come in and do some background and discovery work on what is the process of the, the Chicago Blackhawks front office structure? What does it look like? What do they need? And how does the Chicago Blackhawks and what they're trying to do compare with the other best-in-class practices from the other major professional sports. And then once they get that feedback from Mike Ford well then and get a firm model in place, well, they're also going to continue to uh, talk to some other executives from around these other major professional sports, starting in their own city. I'm told that the Blackhawks have engaged with uh, Jed Hoyer of the Chicago Cubs just to pick his brain, just to be clear. These other uh, executives from other sports are not to be considered candidates for a president of hockey operations role or something like that. But the Chicago Blackhawks want to take a look under the hood of all these other teams and organizations. What's worked for you? Where have you found success? What could we possibly take and implement into our organization? They're going to take all that information from the other executives. They're going to take the information from Mike Ford, and they're going to mash it all together and come up with a firm model to put that in place and then begin their searches. And Mike, just to leave you with this, as we move on to our next topic, by the way, it seems, and I've mentioned this before, their interim GM, Kyle Davidson, all the reports back to this point have been very positive. And it seems like Kyle Davidson is certainly in uh, the front runner spot to retain uh, the general manager title. We'll see what happens there as the Blackhawks continue their search process as it just really begins to start and unfold here with all the due diligence that they're doing behind the scenes.
Well, team's been better on the ice, and they have said that they've got a little bit of runway into the summer before they make the decision on a GM. So they are definitely looking at taking everything into account and making sure they make the right decisions going forward. Have to admire that about the Blackhawks trying to make strides. We're going to take a look at Jack Campbell next. This is a goaltender who's playing lights out. Frank, like I think that this guy is absolutely a Vezina candidate this season. He's been carrying the Maple Leafs, who have been looser defensively then people realize they can score like crazy. But when you look at Campbell's numbers, his traditional numbers are fantastic. 937 save percentage below a two goals against, but his goals save above expected, according to moneypuck.com. Of course, according to all the advanced metrics, he's in the top three across the league. Yet, he wasn't on Team USA's long list for the Olympics when it was turned into the International Olympic Committee back on October 15th. What's going on here, Frank? Yeah, you actually spilled the news. Uh, that That is the nugget, that Jack Campbell is not on Team USA's long list. And so um, I think that's caught some people by surprise. I think you look at um, really how the season has unfolded, how well Jack Campbell has played for the Leafs. Um, you look at some of these projected rosters that have been out there, and I've seen Jack Campbell's name on a lot of lists. But to my knowledge, Jack Campbell is not on that list, and therefore therefore will not be eligible to play for Team USA at the Olympics if, you know, of course, NHL players ultimately end up going. So, um, you know, I think then the next question might becomes, okay, so if not Jack Campbell, well, then who would the Team USA projected goaltenders be? And these are the three guys right here that it certainly looks like it's shaping up to be. Connor Hellebuck, John Gibson, Thatcher Demko. You're the goalie expert, not me. But uh, I think this is probably one position that is not keeping new uh, Team USA officially named general manager Bill Guerin up at night. Yeah, I think you'd be pretty comfortable here. I'd, I'd tweak this order a little bit. I'd probably have Hellebuck as the starter currently. Uh, Demko, then Gibson. There's good choices all around here. Thatcher Demko's been so good for Vancouver this year, and it's been under the radar. But Hellebuck's game continues to rise back to where it was uh, the past several seasons when he's been a Vezina winner, uh, and, and he just continues to play better and better. It started off slow for him, and you know I I did a deep dive into goalie tandems earlier this week, and some of the things you uncover with John Gibson are a little concerning. The advanced stats aren't quite there to match his regular numbers, but he does have clout with USA Hockey. They've always been a big fan of his. He has played big games for them in the past, whether World Juniors or World Championships. So. As you said, Bill Guerin seems to have really, really good choices, really good decision um, personnel available in net for Team USA, since apparently Jack Campbell isn't available. And yeah, as uh, as two Americans sitting here, not that we're rooting, you know, it's the Olympics. We're certainly impartial here in terms of our coverage, but uh, certainly seems like that is one position that the Americans have over Team Canada as they potentially head to Beijing. Let's uh, let's bring in Rachel Bowery for another edition of the Number Crunch. We want to speaking of Canada, we want to talk about a Canadian team in depth with the Number Crunch. Pleased to welcome back to the show Rachel Dowry, Daily Faceoff analyst and you have taken a deeper look at the Ottawa Senators. Been a little bit of a change for the Sens. If you take a look at how they've played in the month of December, Rachel, what are you seeing as the big difference for the Sens between the start of the season and December 1 now and beyond? I think there's a lot of changes that have kind of happened with the Senators. And, I mean, 
you look at their five-on-five five play, and any time a team improves their five-on-five five play, it just has to get better. If you're consistently getting outworked, outshot, outscored on at five-on-five, five, you're just not going to win very many games. And if you look at the statistics with the Ottawa Senators, here are some pretty glaring differences. Goals per game before December 1st, less than two and a half. Since December 1st, four a game. Five-on-five, five, they were getting like 40% of the goals. Now they're getting like close to 57%. But here's kind of where the it gets nitty-gritty. At high danger areas, they were only shooting 13.6%, which is not very high. It's just a little bit below NHL average. Then, since then, almost 27%, which is exceedingly high. I don't expect it to remain that way. But I think if they can correct and get themselves for a season average closer to 18 or 19, they'll be a little bit better off. Five-on-five five save percentage, I mean, you can't ignore how poorly the goaltending kind of hindered the Sens, and so it's 907, that's below league average, and since kind of Matt Murray's been in the AHL and they've been riding Anton Forsberg, 921, that's, those are really good numbers. Their specialty teams have improved uh, dramatically. You look at their power play shooting percentage, they're up almost seven percentage points. Uh, that's definitely going to bode well for you scoring on the power play. And on the PK, they're getting much improved goaltending. So if you look at it, they're getting much improved goaltending at even strength and on the penalty kill. And in the offensive zone, the pucks are starting to go in the net. And that's extremely important to have success. And so I think we're kind of seeing that that correction. Rachel, I watched the Sens, and they just look so much more aggressive on the puck. They're chasing harder. It just seems like they found a new energy to their game. And I think it's coming from the star players. And you got some insight on how the numbers may bear that out. I look at Brady Kachuk, Thomas Shabbat, Drake Batherson, Schmatzy, the Maritimer. These guys have put up the same point totals in the first two weeks of December as they did the entire first two months of the season. It always goes through the stars, doesn't it, Rachel? What do the numbers say on their star players? You're right. It goes through the stars. I mean, Brady Kachuk had a, a slow start after the contract kind of discussion. Tim Stutzla, I mean, just a brutal start. And and so you look at it, Batherson and Norris have been pretty good kind of the entire year. But you look in the last two weeks, Brady Kachuk has double the amount of goals that he had the entire two months of the first season and the same amount of points. Drake Batherson has a little bit less goals, but he's putting up almost the same numbers as he did two weeks versus two months. Josh Norris is pretty much producing at the same clip, maybe an uptick in, in goal scoring. So he's been relatively consistent for the Sens this year. But you look at Tim Stutzla, one goal and eight points in two months. In two weeks, he's got three goals and six points, and he's been a, just a totally different player for them. Thomas Shabbat, I mean, he basically had played himself off the Olympic team with his start to the year. He was downright awful. The last two weeks, he's been one of Ottawa's best players. I'm not quite sure he's back in the Olympic conversation. I'm not sure where anybody's in the Olympic conversation at this point, but <laughs> he's been fantastic. And so you look at it and you go, well, the goaltending's improved. And Ottawa's top five players, if you include Connor Brown in that top six, I mean, they've really shown up in a big way and they're producing. And that's probably why Ottawa put up eight on Florida last night. So Rachel, I want to put you on the spot here. When you see that uptick in the production from the star players, when you see the number, the percentage of high danger chances double, 
is that what what do you attribute that to is it a is it a change in coaching style is it uh, just a, a change in confidence for the Sens players where does that come from it can be a number of different factors i look at it and i go i don't really see a change in their system but i do notice that they're being a little bit more aggressive like mike mentioned on the forecheck so when they don't have the puck they are working a little bit harder to get it back and that in turn is making it more difficult on teams to break out of their zone. So when you have that, that means you're spending more time in the offensive zone. You're tiring out the other team having to play defense. And so I'm not really surprised to see that that forecheck has paid dividends in increased scoring chances. That's what you'd expect. But I also think there is a confidence factor here. Tim Stutzla in particular looks like a completely different player. I think Thomas Shabbat has been noticeably better. And then the other one is Brady Kachuk. When, at the beginning of the season, he was kind of going through the motions, sometimes putting up points. We'll see what it is. But now he is an absolute menace every shift, and he's playing with confidence, and he's getting under the skin of other teams. That plays a factor. You can't underestimate that. So I think it's a combination of both. Interesting. Yeah, the Sens have been fascinating for a number of different reasons. Obviously, the goaltending change, Matt Murray going to Belleville. Uh, man, they started slow last season in the shortened campaign, and the way that they finished the back half of the year, you thought that they'd pick up right where they left off. Instead, it's sort of been the same story. Slow start, now a team that's certainly gotten a lot better and is showing some signs of growth, which is important. Thank you for this deep dive on the Ottawa Senators. Rachel, this has been another edition of The Number Crunch. All right, Mike, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. So I want to ask you this, as a card-carrying member of the Goaltenders Union, what's going on with Anton Hudobin in Dallas? Obviously, clears waivers, goes to is assigned to the AHL. The Stars have their two goalies in Braden Holpe and Jake Ottinger. What happens to Hudobin? How much does he have left? Yeah, it's a great question because we think back to his finest hour in the bubble, uh, which is about a year and a half ago. This was 2019 playoffs or 2020 playoffs, I guess it was, against the Vegas Golden Knights and then taking the team to the finals. And, you know, Hudobin just hasn't been the same since then. He had suffered some nerve damage in his hand, I believe. He had that worked on. And one thing we forget about Hudobin is that he battled a really serious case of COVID uh, that following offseason leading into last year. And last year, he wasn't able to grab the net again. But who did was Jake Ottinger, young prospect for the Dallas Stars. And coming into this season, Jim Nill realized, hey, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of question marks here. We don't know if Ben Bishop's going to play. He will not play. He played one game in the American Hockey League and is going to uh, now be on long-term IR through the rest of his career, effectively retiring. But Braden Holtby's been resurgent and Ottinger's been fantastic. Anton Hudobin is the odd man out. Carries a $3.33 million cap hit, cleared waivers. Uh, I think people are looking at Anton and thinking, man, we sure liked him two years ago, but right now we just don't know where he is in his game. And he has another year remaining on his contract. I think it'd be easier to take Hudobin as a flyer for just this remaining season. But in my eyes, Frank, and I wonder if you feel the same, that remaining year on his contract probably scares some teams off. Yeah, it probably does a little bit, and I'm sure that term is, is a sticking point. But 
maybe if you can get the Dallas Stars to retain a little bit of money, I could think of a number mm -hmm. of teams that, you know, would certainly be able to, you know, managers be able to sleep better at night knowing that if things, you know, if it hits the fan at some point with an injury that you've got someone like Hudobin that could step in with that NHL experience and background yep. to help your team and save the day if needed. So I think there have been a number of teams that have called. Uh, I don't think anyone wanted to take him quite clearly at full freight on waivers. So we'll see if there's any kind of transaction that comes in short, short order for the Stars because I think they also want to see him play a little bit more this season mm -hmm. and figure out exactly what they may be getting. Uh, let's bring in Tyler Uremchuk for our daily face-off best bets of the day. Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, last night was uh, another split, another mediocre night as the Dallas Stars couldn't come through for me. Sidney Crosby did pick up an assist. He picked up a couple of assists as well, actually, in that game. So that paid off. And uh, tonight, a quieter night around the league, but I still got a couple of plays. So let's jump right into it, courtesy of our friends at PointsBet, starting with a matchup between the Arizona Coyotes and New York Rangers. You know, I always say it's never a bad day to make money off the Arizona Coyotes, but we're going to do it in a different way. <laughs> By taking the over in this hockey game, neither of these teams have been great over bets in the month of December, but this one really does come down to the potential goaltending matchup for me. Scott Wedgwood has allowed at least three goals in five straight appearances, and the Rangers played last night. They gave up four goals to the Colorado Avalanche. Alexander Gorgiev was in net. Tonight, it sounds like it might be Keith Kincaid. He's listed as unconfirmed, so keep it locked on daily face-off. But it could be a season debut. So I, I think there could be a lot of offense in this one. Five and a half, paying minus 110. It's a good enough spot for me. And my second play of the day is in the Washington-Chicago matchup, where I'm once again going to a prop. Alex Ovechkin, the goal-scoring machine. Some would say the greatest goal scorer in NHL history has turned into an assist machine. He's been picking up apples left, right, and center. Three out of his last four, or four out of his last five games have seen him pick up at least one assist. He has six assists in that span. He's tied for fourth in the NHL in assists. I think this price is way too low for a guy that has been consistently getting some helpers. So Ovechkin at minus 110 to pick up at least one assist tonight is my second bet of the day, Frank. Speaking of the assists, how about this stat that came out last night? Sidney Crosby, two apples in their, their game. 400 career multi-point games now for Sidney Crosby. Some guys don't even get to play 400 games in the league, let alone 400 multi-point games. So pretty incredible number. That brings us to garbage time with Mike McKenna. Mike, what has caught your eye? What are you excited about? What are you concerned about? What makes you angry? Well, I, I look to Bruce Boudreau in Vancouver, who's just won, his team has won five straight games since he took over as a head coach. Well, you know, last night they're down three nothing after the first period. Come roaring back, win four three, and in the post game presser, Bruce sits up there and he says, "I wish they'd stop singing that stupid song in the sand in the stands." And he's talking about Bruce. There it is, and it's become something of a catchphrase for the team. And man, the fans are eating it up. I understand how hokey it is. It's it's frankly it's stupid humor, which I'm always there for. But it's like, man, these people have not had a lot to cheer for in a while and they're riving the wave of something completely silly i mean i think of the st louis blues writing a song called gloria well talk about a terrible song that's a terrible song well Don't that was their about theme. gloria that way that's what they did you get you watch your mouth frank okay that's just a bad song but it is catchy okay i'll give you that but like bruce live it up man i've never played for you i'd love to share ice cream with you we share a bond there 
I know you got that personality. Just run with it, man. Just enjoy it. Let it go. I know he's doing it in fun and saying that because he doesn't want to be the, he doesn't want to be about him, but you know what? This is one of those moments. Just let it slide. Let the fans have some fun. Try to wave, ride that wave of momentum. I just love that. He said, you know, at some point it will eventually become Bruce. There he goes. So, um, you know, it's the inevitable <laughs> journey of a coach and shameless yep. corporate plug here. You can get a Bruce. There it is shirt on nationgear.ca. Uh, we've got all your apparel needs here at the daily Faceoff show and nation network. I uh, wanted to give a little love quickly to Mike McKenna. He has a, a piece that's uh, up on dailyfaceoff.com Now just talking about uh, his journey uh, with his dog, Bauer Supreme, aptly named Hockey Dog, that has seen a lot. So, what a name. Mike, uh, sending uh, <laughs> our condolences to you and your family on the passing of your dog earlier this week. Uh, you know, sad news. Um, and so uh, that story, go ahead and read it. It's uh, Try Not to Cry. Um, oh, that'll do thanks, it Frank. for today's edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. That's all the time that we have for today. Head on over to dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. Thank you to Mike, Tyler, and our technical producer, Alex Allard, as well as Rachel Dowery. We'll be right back here tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern, streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. (laughs) 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.